0: to American Education FM everybody I'm Dr Sean Brooks I want to start this episode by describing the Substack articles that I've been putting together here recently of what's titled Lifting the COVID K12 Veil I'm laying out emails from an Ohio K12 school district through an open records request that was sent my way by a number of individuals and the information again is really really damning and And it shows a much larger picture. Of course, anybody on the inside, I suppose, who's responsible, of course, for all of these emails, superintendents, HR. directors, school board members, et cetera, et cetera, they would consistently say that there's nothing here, and we're doing our job, and we're doing the best we can in these times of COVID, quote unquote." The fact is is that it really does lift the veil because for those that are very unaware as to what's going on, it shows how many hands are in the cookie jar and how many different entities and companies all infiltrate american k12 schools but i would even say even worse than that the number of k12 schools and the number of people who work within these administrative buildings who allow themselves to be infiltrated they're consistently allowing endless people to have influence over them again again whether it's Money exchanging hands, or it's particular agreements here and there. Um, there's certainly the the state government aspect, which is remarkably nefarious, because then memos will come down from the state level of state departments of education, and they'll say, "Make sure that you're doing this, and make sure you're doing that." And the fact is, is that American K twelve schools get to say no, and school boards get to say no. If something comes down the pipeline, for example, which unfortunately in the state of Ohio, this business of diversity and equity is allegedly law. That it needs to either be a course or a curriculum or something. It really does boil down to how the paperwork is filled out to justify you covering your your backside, so to speak, to make sure that you are in fact following said law. If if such a law actually exists. See, this is also the problem is that many of these schools, and K-12 school districts in particular, will basically create something new out of nothing to, to again, make it look like they're, they're following a particular law or regulation when in fact they don't. Just take the word diversity and equity, for example. These two words, if, I mean, you already have diversity and you already have equality. Now, equality is not equity. Equity is another made up, you know, Marxist lingo uh, nonsense word, but you already have these things within basic curriculum. Well, somebody says, so what are you doing about diversity? What are you doing about that? Well, we have lots of different students every single person is different and unique that's diversity and you write that on a piece of paper you write that out on the semester you know bi-semester or yearly form annual form that every, that people have to fill out in order to again prove that they are doing x y and z and satisfying these particular benchmarks or standards or whatever they are somebody says well what else are you doing well we have at least four classes we have math, we have language arts, we have history, and we have science, I assume. don't most schools already have that? Isn't that diversity in itself? My point is is that when when some kind of a a rule or a regulation or even a law, if it is in fact a law, comes down through the education pipeline and it lands itself right into a k twelve school too many individuals who run those buildings, create committees. This is a huge mistake. We don't need more committees in any aspect of any government agency whatsoever, let alone education. Again, the entire thing is burning to the ground. So more committees just means that's going to ultimately dry up as well. And I might add, some of these emails that are revealed that I've read clearly show that. They show that they're clamoring for diversity and equity groups and no one is signing up. That's a good thing. One of the emails even read um, that they were concerned that people weren't signing up and that it must be this quote-unquote CRT propaganda. Well, I sure hope it's not this CRT propaganda that people keep peddling. I mean, the leftists and the Marxists are calling what we know to be true CRT propaganda. It really is interesting to, to, to read what's going on in between the ears of these lunatics who are running these buildings into the ground, and I might add, advocating for their own death, the death of their staff members, and the death of, of the students who attend these buildings by consistently pushing and advocating for these deadly shots. It's remarkable. So I would encourage anybody to bounce over to my substack again if you're interested in reading some of these emails and and entering the mind and minds of of these people that are running these buildings because they are ill. They're absolutely ill. And, And one of the other interesting parts too is that I've said this before in the past, but the liberal snake loves eating its own tail, and they are eating one another right now, and it's fun to watch. It really is. Uh, they, they cannot wrap their arms around what's going on, and now you have leftist parents attacking a leftist school district with a leftist um, a hard leftist superintendent. And uh, you know, the, the, the policies are not strict enough for some of these parents. And yet, you have parents on the other end that are saying, "Why do we have any of these policies in place to begin with? They're all ridiculous." So you can't win for losing with these people, and and the more the lie just rolls down the hill, the worse it gets for everybody who's still involved. But as I've said, the people who know what's going on, myself included, are sitting back watching all of this, or laughing at times because the people we're looking at and laughing at have no, they have no idea what they're doing. But at the same time, we're remarkably disappointed because it's showing, again, uh, j- just this perfect example of how collectivity is a huge problem and that a lack of individual thinking and individuality is a massive problem. So I want to take that, that example and the, the Substack examples, and there's two particular things here that I want to I- expand on. The first, I'm going to play a little piece of audio from Bill Maher's show. Now, I don't like Bill Maher. Most people don't. He's he's a lunatic who talks out of both sides of his mouth with a forked tongue. I mean, he's a, he's not a good person, and he has equally insane uh, and delusional guests on his show. Uh, and I'm going to play one of them right now, who is apparently a podcaster by the name of Barry Weiss, and she—it's a she. I'm just going to play the audio, and you're going to hear what she says. Because again, she's even wrong in her explanation of being wrong. She she's she's admitting that she's tired of quote unquote COVID, but at the same time, she she's she's sort of she's attempting to take the moral high ground in the entire approach. And then even Bill Maher is acting as if he took the moral high ground from the word go. Keep in mind, of course. These were the same people that were screaming at everybody to get your shots, do what you're told. It's for humanity and X, Y, Z. So, again, these people can't be fixed, but give this a listen.
1: I'm done.
0: With this question? No,
1: I'm I'm done with COVID. (laughs) I'm done. It's like I... I went so hard on COVID, I, yeah, I remember. sprayed the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store, stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like, I did it all. I watched Tiger King, I got to the end of Spotify. Like, we all did it, right? And, no, no, we didn't all okay, do well, it.
0: Okay, well,
1: here's the thing. A
0: lot, no, of us, a lot of
1: us did do it. And then we were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And We haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to be, you know, smeared as a Trumper. I'm sorry. If you believe the science, you will look at the data that we did not have two years ago, and you will find out that cloth masks do not do anything. You will realize that you can show your vaccine passport at a restaurant and still be asymptomatic and carrying Omicron. And you will realize, most importantly, that this is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. The city of Flint, Michigan, which is 80%, I think, minority students, has just announced indefinite virtual schooling. In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51% increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious. They are depressed. They are lonely. That is why we need to end it, more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. I think it's it's a pandemic. It's it's like at this point, it's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy.
0: I'm going to try to break that down. I almost don't even have to. Most of us already can. We're We're a smart bunch. We know what's going on. Now they're trying to be heroes. Now they're trying to act like the moral high ground is theirs. They've had it the whole time. They did what they were told. Now we're over it. We know more than we did. It's all BS XYZ. Again at the beginning of that, she says she again trying to make jokes about being a hypochondriac. That's not funny. You're mentally ill. That's number 1. And then she goes, we all did it. We all did it. And she's looking around the room for affirmation. We all did it. And even Bill Maher goes, no, we didn't all do it. Now, Bill Maher did it. Bill Maher was involved. He, he's double jabbed. And then after he got his double jabs and started to see people like Eric Clapton talk, speak out about it and other people, they, they realized they put the cart before the horse. They didn't think as an individual. And, and there you go. And then he went, I'm done with this booster shit, and I'm not taking it anymore, and blah, blah, blah. Again, good for him. But the fact is, is that I would say the majority of us knew exactly what was going on from the word go, and we knew exactly what this was long-term, and we knew that always, in almost every situation, the safest answer is always no, in particular when strangers on your TV from government start telling you to do things. I thought that was common sense. We found out it wasn't. And people are still figuring that out. But now they're trying to again play the hero and try to take back some semblance of the moral ground here, even a little square of grass that they want. Well, I've been here the whole time. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And you're not fooling anyone. I'm glad that your double jab probably not going to make it. Um, with with clearly people who are justifying their own behavior applauding in the audience yeah i agree with you you're right government bad this is what this is what collectivity does this is what the collective does this is what the collective mind does it leads to the things that even she openly admitted to which again was a complete control and destruction of the education system, which again, it's always been controlled and destroying itself. It could only last for so long. It's now destroying itself, and I'm 100% fine with it, and most people are. But it's also led to, again, endless health issues and a suicide and murder rate, Both, both of those things, that are the highest that they've ever been in our country. We have a higher murder rate now than ever and we have a higher suicide rate now than ever. But that's what collectivity gets you, not individuality. And when the the entire culture is centered around collectivity, do what your friends say, do what your TV says, do what government says, read this newspaper, believe this story, believe, believe, do, do, do. When everybody does that, and then all of a sudden something shifts and something changes, you end up exposing how countless individuals are one-dimensional. They cannot grow. They cannot learn. They do not think for themselves as an individual. Suicide at that point, is—it um, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't surprise anybody that that would be the case. That a complete mental and emotional breakdown of an individual, which has to happen first, because again, a person does not wake up out of bed, being 100% fine on day one, and then on day two, they say, Well, today's the day I'm gonna kill myself. It's a progressive, over the, over the course of time, again, mental breakdown that occurs, where usually depression sets in again as a result of a, of a newfound chemical imbalance in the brain and throughout the body. And then ultimately, a person that will stick with a person for X amount of time to the point where, again, they say, What's the point? Again, for some that happens quickly. For some, it happens over the course of time. The point that I'm making is: is this is what happens when an individual who was created to be an individual follows the herd. The herd will always take that individual right into the slaughterhouse. But if the individual doesn't know that they have the power to be an individual, to think for themselves, to operate as an in, to operate by themselves. As often as humanly possible. And that solitude will actually create moments of reflection for them, moments of silence that are so needed when it comes to actual thinking. It's it's almost inevitable that they will arrive at real truthful answers because they will start to ask themselves questions by themselves without the noise and the chatter and the ants marching around them. They'll just be able to think for themselves. And unfortunately, again, I'm repeating myself now, but that's what happens when you don't have a positive collective, and you have a herd mentality, and this hive mind. It's inevitable that it's going to destroy people. But see, Marxists knew that. That's why they were referred to as the useful idiots. And she's a useful idiot. And she's also a Marxist. And she may or may not ever admit that, but the fact is is that she is. You can hear it again in her word usage. She thinks the Omicron thing is, is, is real. There's nothing real about it. It's fake. All it is are jabbed people continuing to get sick, and they will continue to get sick. So with every jab that they take, they will get more and more ill and die as a result, and they'll just give it a new name. There's no virus. There are simply abnormal cells that have accumulated in the body among the jabbed. That's it. It's electromagnetism. I've been over it a million times, and uh, that's, that's it. So I'm glad she brought up the school aspect and, you know, and, the, and the youth aspect because she's 100% right on that part. But what she'll never tell you again is that it's collectivity that's crushing people. That's the real reason. Which leads me then to this next part, which again is in the exact same vein. I know a lot of people have heard about this, and this is something that's continuing to grow, but stretching back to the Substack article, it should tell you that money exchanging hands within school districts is purposely designed to destroy the young mind and the young youthful mind. So, this is a particular fad that has, that has been around actually for quite some time. Um, I want to say, first time I heard of something like this was maybe around 2018. Wouldn't be surprised if it was around before that. But um, this comes from c-vine.com, the C-Vine News Network, and it's after school Satan It says, what the hell, another after-school Satan club that targets children aged 6 to 11 shows up in an elementary school, this time in Ohio. It says an elementary school in Warren County, Ohio is under intense scrutiny from parents and community members after the school decided to allow an after-school Satan club that is being offered by the Satanic Temple to be held on its campus. It says, rightfully outraged, parents are demanding answers after a flyer that invites 5- to 11-year-old Donovan Elementary students to join the demonic club circulated around the school and on social media this week. Per the flyer, the club will hold four gatherings through the spring semester at the elementary school. Um, I'm going to stop it there and dive in a little, just slightly deeper here. This is exactly why, well, okay, I'll start here. First of all, something like this doesn't show up unless somebody's getting paid. That's all. Someone's getting paid. Very rarely does a group like this show up without the Church of Satan, which again is a nationwide and worldwide organization, without someone offering someone in the school district usually in the district office a check to allow this to happen it's just about money somebody's you know somebody's going to get their car paid off that's it. it it really is that simple however in order for it to maintain itself there you also need not You know, not not that the district office or the person in the district office would be a Satanist. You don't even need that. They just have to like money. They just have to be willing to you know take a check under the table or take cash under the table. But it, in order to actually have the group and recruit, and then do quote unquote lessons that teach people about working together and you know work on puzzles and this that and the other, which is what they tell the public. You have to have a practicing Satanist in order to facilitate the group. So it's not really the person getting paid that has to be the Satanist. It's it's probably the person who is actually around the children. Now again, how many children actually sign up for this? I'm going to guess next to zero. But the fact that it exists should show everybody how big, around, and how deep the cookie jar is when it comes to outside groups infiltrating american k12 schools that those in that those groups on the outside have money they come in and they are again marxist satanist communist freemasonic wh- whatever phrase you want to use whatever group or club you want to call it they're all they all have the same motive and the same motive is degeneracy among youth not to mention think of, again, the time that's being wasted. It's a distraction, and everybody wonders why our country sucks at reading, writing, and arithmetic. You know, when I, when I first got hired as a school teacher, I, one of the reasons I got the job wasn't just because they wanted somebody with a heartbeat, and they just wanted somebody who was breathing, because at that point, they really did, and I knew that, and, and I thought, well, this kind of sucks, but Whatever, I'll, I'll take the job anyway because I wanted to live in that particular area. One of the things that I was told later on, which I knew, which is why I said it, but in the interview, which was a phone interview, I, I, I said to them, as confidently as, as you could probably hear me say it, but I, I said to the people, uh, it was at least two administrators and a couple of teachers, and I said, what is your bottom line? What's the one thing that you want students to do most in your in your school building that's going to make everybody look good? And they said, "Well, we we want them, we want everybody to academically achieve, and, and we want test scores, you know, to go up and through the roof, and blah blah blah." And I said, "Exactly." I said, "I'm only interested in your bottom line." I'm, I said, "I'm interested in the mental and emotional well-being of students. I, you know, a healthy learning environment is a learning environment." But I said. What I'll do is this. I said, I can't guarantee I'll coach anything. I'm not really interested in that. I can't guarantee that I'll facilitate some kind of a group. I'm not really interested in that. What I am interested in is your bottom line. So, what I will do, even though I'm not contractually obligated to do it, what I will do is, is I'll show up early and I'll stay late. And I'll offer this up on the first day of school to any student that wants to take me up on it. And if they want to stay after school for 30 minutes to an hour, To learn or relearn the subjects that were taught to them that day again, math, science, the subjects that I was teaching at the time, I said I would be happy to do that. It's called tutoring. That's all. It's just tutoring, and it's reinforcement, and you're reinforcing the school's bottom line, which should be the students' bottom line, which again is learning. That's that's the point. They're getting they would get more one on one attention. From a, you know from a teacher after school, but that right there proves that that's really the only thing that American K-12 schools should have done from the start, but they didn't. And they didn't because the outside organizations that infiltrate them are interested in destroying it, but the people that are running these buildings have no idea that they're being destroyed because they're facilitating their own destruction, which is why again coming full circle, they are the useful idiots. They're destroying their own careers. They're destroying their own livelihoods. They're destroying uh, any, any opportunity that they think they'll have in the future to be taken seriously as a moral human being. Because they're all going to start sounding like this Barry Weiss gal, or Weiss, or however you pronounce her last name. If it was German, it'd be Weiss, but you get what I'm saying. That's it. They're all gonna start to try to take the moral high ground. Well, we did the best we could and we offered all these groups and clubs to try to make everybody safe and feel like they were a part of something and blah blah blah. They're not in school to feel like they're a part of something. They're in school to learn and then go home. That's it. That's always been the point. And somewhere along the way, progressively though, one one You know, stripping the bark away from the tree one piece at a time and eroding that that shoreline with, you know, more and more waves of degeneracy, one wave at a time. Eventually, you'll have no coastline left and there won't be any tree left either. And that's exactly what we're watching right now. And they can't for the life of them figure it out. And I think it's hilarious, sad, and all of that wrapped into one. So that's my rant on that. A couple other stories here. Here's one from the New York Post. I tossed this out on Gab. Loudoun County Schools Chief of Staff axed over sex attack scandal, reports say. So here's a little piece of audio.
1: Well, Back closer to home, Loudoun County Schools pledging to do more when it comes to sexual assault allegations after two incidents at two different schools sparked some major outrage.
2: An independent investigation looking at how the incidents were handled, but the district won't reveal the findings. Our Sharon Viget in the newsroom tonight with more. Sharon? Yeah, the Loudoun County School Board says that they're committed to creating a safe and welcoming environment for their students and staff. They're improving a number of protocols to keep students protected from sexual assaults, harassment, and discrimination. The board has outlined those protocols. They are appointed a new interim Title IX coordinator and investigative staff to increase capacity and in processing Allegations and complaints. They're also creating a more robust process for alternative school placements to better serve students who may pose a safety risk, more mandatory training for their administrators. But what's raising eyebrows tonight is what the board said they will not be doing. They'll be not. They will not be releasing the findings of that independent investigation that's taking place right now into the recent sex assaults cases. The father of one of the victims released a statement that reads in part, the question must be asked, how can an independent outside an independent investigation funded by the taxpayers not be released and be instead kept secret from the public? Quite simply, the school system can't have it both ways. Their actions are completely unacceptable. Now, the board says part of their reasoning for not releasing the findings is so that they They don't re-traumatize the students and the families involved and their commitment to protect student confidentiality. Marina?
0: Loudoun County Schools, ladies and gentlemen, the unkempt armpit of American education. That's their slogan. It's on all of their buildings. Welcome to Loudoun County, the unkempt armpit of American education. They don't want to release information because it will re-traumatize students. Think about that. That lack of logic should show everyone that these people are crazy. The truth is the only thing that untraumatizes anyone. Figuring out the truth, that's what puts things to rest. That's what buries the hatchet, as it were, among other sayings. It's, it's, it's an abomination. But again, at the risk of being repetitive, this is what happens when you fill your house with shit. You hire flies. You attract flies. Flies show up, and then you create hiring policies and hiring procedures to hire Marxists. Because again, one of the things that I read in a lot of these open records request emails, is that their hiring practices are, of course, hiring these like-minded individuals, which tend to be Marxists or people who agree. So again, it's a agree with us or else. Doesn't sound very diverse and inclusive, does it? But that right there, again, should prove to everybody that this is the epitome of hypocrisy. This, this is what exists in these environments. And when you're hiring individuals who are left-wing, Marxists, or perverse, what kinds of behaviors do you think are going to occur? In an environment, I might add, which I've mentioned before, that is predominantly minors, what kind of, I mean, it's, uh, it's the trifecta. You know, here comes horse number one. They're a Marxist. Here comes horse number two. They agree with everything that we think. Here comes horse number three. Oh, they're perverse. And they cross the finish line right into uh, a pool full of minors who are ripe for the picking. I mean, what on earth do, does anybody expect to occur here? We're shocked. That, are we actually shocked at this point that these places are filled with sexual deviants? So the story here regarding Loudoun County reads like this. It says the chief of staff of Virginia's Loudoun County School District has been fired after a still secret investigation, super, super secret, need a decoder ring to figure this out, into sexual assaults by a boy who was allowed to stay in classes, according to local reports. The troubled school district confirmed to local media that this week that Chief Mark Smith was no longer in the job. Again, you know, this has gotten to a point where there are so many sexual stories going on, in particular in Loudoun County and Virginia schools, that they're all melding together, and it's becoming remarkably difficult to figure out who's guilty, when, how, why, and what for. I mean, we know it's all sex-related, but um, yeah. Is uh, I mean this is the case. This is the case from a while back. This is the case that had to do with a fifteen-year-old, um, a fourteen-year-old skirt-wearing boy. It says who attacked a fifteen-year-old girl in in the bathroom. You know because diversity and inclusion. And again, you know th- it's it's not the only place that this occurs. This occurs in every school everywhere around the world. Um, it, it just so happens Virginia seems to be going for some kind of a record here. Uh here's another one and this was tossed to me again on Gab. Um this comes from Prince William County, Virginia and their school board meeting which lasted approximately an hour and the second speaker um or well yeah, the second speaker in the in the public comments section is a father and it's heartbreaking. Um I'm going to play his audio and he comes up and again this is a father with no answers. He has no answers. His, his daughter has been sexually assaulted. He has, he has no idea what to do. So I'm going to play his audio. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to lay out exactly what should happen in a case like this.
3: How you doing? My name is Jeffrey Darr. I live at 13702 Mayfair Court, Dale City, Virginia, 22193. I was calling about an incident that happened to my daughter in school. Um, she was sexually assaulted and, um, and I was wondering if y'all can explain to me how the policy and procedures are for the, um, the administrators to handle the situation. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody have any answers how the how the process works? Mr. Dar, we, we typically don't go and have a back and forth here, but we're happy to take your comments by email or appointment and, and work with you on that. that I don't understand. So uh, so where do you find the rules and regulations at? Where do the administrators from the school find the rules and regulations of what they're supposed to, um, like they have policy and procedures? Mr. Dar, I can, I can have someone work with you on that if you want to. Just step over to the side and they can what? go over where you can find so all that. So, I want the public to know. That's why I come here because I want sure. the public so, to know. So, so I, we, we won't be answering you, but you can certainly keep asking. Well, I mean, I mean what, while you're st- I want to know the, the school's definition of sexual assault because my daughter was told that she's standing right there that if it's above the clothes, it's not sexual assault. And that's the way the county. Does the kids here? It's, it's messed up. That's my daughter. And no one wants to do nothing about it. Suspend a boy for one day for improper touching. And I don't think that's right. So somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to look in the matter and do something. Because there's more kids out there that y'all not doing nothing and letting stuff slide under. And the only person that's hurting is the kids. And I don't think it's right. Somebody needs to look into the matter and, and do what y'all need to do because it. And, and, and I like to have an investigation because because I'm pretty sure if it happened to her, it's happened to plenty of children here. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's all I, I got, got to say. I don't know if I can talk to you or whatever. I don't know what the next step is. So I just wanted to come here and explain myself and figure out what, what I need to do next. So thank you. Okay. Thank you. He'll, he'll uh, escort you out and, and work with you to help you. Mister Dr. McDade.
2: Uh, Mr. Dar, yes. we have um, an associate here that is uh, ready
0: to speak with you. And then, of course, they call for the next speaker and, you know, they're on, they're on their way. Um, all right, let's go back here. First of all, I feel terrible for the father for obvious reasons. He's unaware as to how the meetings operate and they should never operate this way. Any, any school district can do a Q&A anytime they want. They choose not to because they won't have the answers. That's why they don't want to do a Q&A. That's why they don't want to do a back and forth and have a cordial back and forth, because they're afraid it'll get out of hand, but more importantly, because they just don't have the answers. They'll be asked questions, and they'll be exposed as not knowing what's going on, just like it was in this particular case. If the father is correct, and there's some policy that says touching somebody over the clothes is not sexual assault, that's not what the law says in the, in the United States of America. Schools don't get to make law. They are not a lawmaking body. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say, you know who gets to make laws? American K-12 schools. A preschool gets to make laws. Nope. It's never been that way. It will never be that way. The law supersedes anything, any policy or procedure that an American K-12 school has. Period. That's it. So here's the first step for this father. And again, I feel terrible for him. But I've brought this up before that there are many, many parents that do this and they should all do this. Any parent who has a child who is old enough to read should take their child out of school permanently. They can homeschool themselves. They can teach themselves. That's number one. Don't ever send your daughter back to that school building or that school district. Don't drive them to another one. Keep them away. Keep them out. That's the first thing. If you want to save the mind of your child, you take them out permanently. Second of all, you file a police report for the immediate arrest for sexual assault and or battery against that child. Find out the first and last name of the child. Find out the address. Now, once you fill out a police report, make sure that the child is the one filling it out because they were the one involved what might happen after that is you might have a police officer go to the home address of the of the of the family of the child who did the assaulting and the officer might speak to them and tell them what 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 occurred and then they might end up dropping any kind of a police report or burying it because they'll come back to the parent who has who has the daughter who's been assaulted and they'll say something like look i talked with the parents They're going to discipline the child. They understand fully that the child needs to stay away from your daughter. This will never happen again, but if it does, let us know and blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to that is no. That scenario can't happen either. This business of having police officers play counselor or mediator is complete and utter bullshit. It should never happen. Not ever. They don't want to do the paperwork. They don't want to send it to the prosecutor's office. They don't want want to arrest the kid. They don't want the kid to go in front of a judge, send him to juvenile detention, when in fact, that's exactly what should happen. Keeping in mind, of course, this is probably generational abuse. And the only reason that a male student would see something like that or, or do something like that, rather, is because they've seen it in the home or they've learned it somewhere, watching YouTube or God knows what. So it it doesn't matter the excuse as to why the student did it. The, the fact is is that if the male student did it, they should be held to the fullest. They should be held to the to the you know fullest extent to the law is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Um, on top of that, like I said, not only should the sh- should the child be pulled out, but I'm glad that the parent did speak at the board meeting because they're letting countless other individuals know that this goes on. That allegedly. This is their policy. This is your entire district's policy, and suspend them for one day. If we're suspending a person out of school and giving them, giving them a free snow day for sexual assault, and everyone knows that, why does anybody believe that the environment is going to get better? Because again, their, their entire motive as a K-12 school is public protection. It's image protection. They have to do whatever they can to bury crimes and keep them from coming to the surface. That's, that's it. They have to do that. If they have a student leave and go to juvenile detention and then that other student who is assaulted permanently homeschools now for, forever, For the rest, until they get their diploma and then they go off and become a productive human being, more productive than the kid doing the assaulting and more productive than anybody else in that school district. They can't have that. The school district can't have that. They don't want that to happen. They still want to enslave both parties, the abused and the abuser. They still want them both to come back. Why? Because there's a price tag on both of those kids. Both of those students, rather. There's a price tag on both of them. And they want that price tag. They want that tag on their ear like cattle. They want them to consistently come back so they don't lose either one of them. That's that's it. But again, it also should show people, again, and it's unfortunate, but it should show that even that parent didn't seem to understand how nefarious the entire operation works, how the whole thing just operates, and it's awful. So, yeah. I'm not sure what else I can add. I feel terrible for them. It happens in schools all across the country. I think the, sick, the sicker part is that um, American parents still send their children back to the very environments in which they were abused. And then the question becomes again, who is the real abuser? Who's really doing the abusing? Because think further down the line. That daughter is going to think, what about her father? Is, is she going to say, I've learned about homeschool now that I'm an adult, Dad? Why didn't you homeschool me? Why, why, why couldn't I learn at home free away from these kinds of people? It goes back to the story I mentioned last week about the, where I played the audio of the, um, the girls, the high school girls in the Los Angeles charter school who were kicked out for not getting their quote unquote vaccination. They can read why are they not homeschooling themselves well they're not homeschooling themselves because they don't know how they don't know that that's a thing they don't know that it exists they haven't met an elementary school aged student who homeschools themselves they don't know that those people are real that this you know whether they are a elementary middle school or high school student that the that the dad is representing that that individual can can shake hands and meet with anybody who, who does, in fact, homeschool and learn very quickly how to do it and how easy it's done. And that they will have a healthier mind for it. Instead of, again, learning to tolerate abuse in an abusive environment. It um it can't get much worse. It just can't. So people have got to start leaving these places permanently and i have said this too in the past you don't want it to get to the point where it's too late because that too late aspect is going to have real long-term ramifications on the mind of of those miners again there was another excellent audio clip that i tossed out on gab from gbn news out of great britain and it was a um a female student contributor who's a high school student. And she was sitting at the news desk with the rest of them. And she starts to describe the mask wearing and the abuse. And, and she has a breakdown right there at the table. And she just says, no one's been talking about this. No one cares. No one cares. No one in the news is bringing up the abusive mask wearing. Nobody's bringing any of it up and how it's destroying all of us. And she's 100% right. It's crushed countless people. It's wrecked the minds of endless people. So I don't want to hear that word resilient. I've, you know, I've said that before too. Countless individuals saying, well, kids are resilient. They'll get over it. And the more we learn, you know, we'll improve our methods and kids are resilient. What that means is, is that that adult, that abusive adult thinks that a kid is going to forget. That's what that's what that means. That's exactly why they say it. Children are resilient. They'll forget our misdeeds, is the translation of that. And the answer is no, they will not. They will not. I remember countless incidents to this day. I'm 40 and a half years old. I remember countless moments throughout my schooling, quote unquote, where I was either mistreated or the people around me were mistreated and I was just forced to watch it. And, I might add, the right thing didn't happen that should have happened at the hands of the adult who was responsible for enforcing the law and enforcing policy, which is supposed to be the law. But it's those kinds of things, again, that don't happen often enough. And when the follow through on something like this doesn't happen to the fullest extent of the law, i sorry, you can't chalk it up to, well, don't worry, they'll be resilient. It's an excuse, and it's the excuse that an abuser uses. Now, in that same homeschooling and advocating for homeschooling vein, there's another website here which I link. I will link it in the description below of this particular episode, but I'm going to now link it forever in the war videos that I put out on on BitChute on almost a nightly basis on my BitChute channel. And um, it's... The, the website is makeamericansfreeagain.com. That's makeamericansfreeagain.com. And toward the bottom of the page, there is a section uh, that's titled, Protecting Your Children, The Homeschooling Choice. And there's a lot of different resources here. There are testimonials from parents. There are testimonials from professionals. Um, lots of different rumble videos. Again, it says, for example, at the top reasons you may want to withdraw your child from school, major, ad, uh, major advances of homeschooling, setting, uh, steps to getting set up, top myths about homeschooling, anticipating the challenges of homeschooling and answers to common questions. It's a way again to ease people into the business of homeschooling for individuals who probably don't know how to do it. And one of the cool parts is, is they tell you that if your child, and you've heard me rail on this forever, if your child is old enough to read, they can teach themselves without a parent around. Again, you have to teach them to be a responsible human being, and hopefully that's been the case, and be a routine-oriented human being, and then they can handle the learning on their own. So if mom and dad are gone, that there are educators that exist online in particular throughout a lot of these homeschooling programs where they can the you know the child the student can get online and ask a question but more importantly the most objective homeschooling environments and homeschooling programs per se are teaching the child to learn how to find answers for themselves without asking endless human beings learning how to search the internet to find an answer to a question they have that's a that's a that's a skill that has to be taught. I mean, I I know adults that don't even know how to do that. And they're my age and older and younger. I mean, it's just everywhere. They don't know that they can have a question that formula you know formulates in their mind, and then they can get on the internet and actually type it in to different search engines. I might add, not Google, but different search engines because those exist. That was that's a funny story. That's a whole nother story. I remember teaching, um, filling in, uh, I was teaching one of my dad's classes, uh, a classroom management class uh, at Miami University, and I was telling them about different search engines, and I said, duck, duck, go, and honest to God, the entire room looked at each other, and they went, what's that? And I said, let me guess, you all use Google. Raise your hand if you use Google, and all the hands went up. And I said, please stop using Google. Delete it from your phones now it's propaganda it won't re- it won't lead you ever to the real answer about anything real ever duck duck go is okay start pages better there's swiss cows that's another search engine point is is that learning how to search for real answers takes some investigation but it's a lifelong skill that has got to be taught and many homeschooling programs do it so again the the website here i recommend people check it out makeamericansfreeagain.com. And it's a nice way, again, to ease a person into homeschooling. Like, again, that father in that Virginia school um, who probably doesn't know anything about this. And he, he looks like a hardworking guy, he's wearing the yellow vest, probably works for the city. And again, he's probably saying to himself, I can't leave my daughter home alone. I can't do this. I can't do that. I've said this before, and I'm going to end on on this note. It's always the job and responsibility to raise an adult. It's not to raise a child. We're, we're 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 trying to raise children. No. You want to raise an adult. And again, what would an adult do? You know, that daughter, for example, if she knew about any of this, if she knew about how easy it was to homeschool and how um getting out of the habit of of waking up at you know five, six, seven in the morning and getting on a bus and going to a school if if she knew that it was so much more healthy to not do that and that there were healthier things to do where she would end up accomplishing more and be a better person for it. If they even knew that existed, there's no way they wouldn't pick it. They would always choose that option. Any logical thinking person would always pick that option. But if you want to raise an adult, you've got to have your ch- you have to teach your children to be adults. That's the point. You have to teach them to be adults and part of that is taking responsibility for their own actions. And 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 learning, taking responsibility for their own learning. That's the big point right there. There's absolutely no bigger opportunity than right now to do that, and your child will exceed beyond anybody's wildest dreams, and they will surpass um, both verbally, literacy wise, behavioral wise than um, than anyone that's still attending these brick and mortar school buildings. I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it because they're going to be thrust into. An adult mind frame and, and 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 treating learning like it's their job. And when they do that, as an individual, you erase collectivity. Collectivity is gone. You're, you're left with you, God, and your family. And, and that's great. And that's the point. So I'm gonna end there. I'll say this. There are a lot of rallies taking place all over the world in practically every country. Brussels, Germany, Austria, the Canadian truckers, they, they're on their way, they're there in Ottawa, they're doing their thing. It's going to be just incredible. Uh, Washington, D.C., same thing. Damien, a previous guest on the podcast, who's been on a couple of times, again, with his girlfriend, Stacey, absolutely fantastic, fedsforfreedom.ca. He just sent me a bunch of pictures from a grocery store uh, in Ontario, multiple grocery stores, and I'm going to put them out on Gab. It's incredible. I mean, it's all, there's nothing there. Nothing there. Produce gone, meat gone, um, frozen food section empty, you name it. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, make it hurt is my whole point. Make Trudeau and the entire government pay, make them all pay. It's, it's going to be incredible. Again, they have no idea what's coming. Those truckers aren't going to move. They're not going to move and they shouldn't. It, It could be like that for weeks and weeks and weeks. They can't arrest them all. So God bless everybody. And I'll catch you on Wednesday.